Welcome back, pool fans from across the country and around the world. You're listening to American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week. It is Thursday, October the 8th, 2015. And tonight's show is brought to you in part by Tweet and Fiber Company, makers of Master Talk and a whole host of other great accessories for your game made right here in the USA, don't you know? So what's going on in the uh, illustrious pool world these days? Well, I want to send out some congratulations to Vivian Villarreal for her successful Tornado Open uh, that just happened this past week. Um, fortunately, Johnny Archer walked away with the nine-ball title. Fortunately, uh, Ga Young Kim took the uh, women's nine-ball title. And she also, incidentally, uh, just won the uh, Challenge Cup uh, tournament. So congratulations to her. Um, But sadly, I have to tell you, Vivian had a little accident. Uh, She fell off a ladder, broke her arm, and gave herself a concussion in the process. And uh, the poor girl uh, had put so much time and effort into this event that she just couldn't stay away. So she actually went and uh, and tried as best as she could <laughs> to keep the tournament running like it was supposed to be. Um, a lot of people helped, I, from what I understand, uh, with the things. And she even tried to play her, her doubles match with Efren with one arm. So it, she had, you know, a little bit of fun anyway. But, uh, yeah, you never know. You know, you got to be careful on the ladder, Vivian. You can't, <laughs> you can't go conking your head. That's not funny. So uh, anyway, yeah, congratulations to Vivian. Uh, I think it sounded like everybody had a lot of fun there. And um, what else is going on? Uh, tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow, uh, there's a cool event going on up in uh, Wisconsin, uh, in Appleton, Wisconsin, actually. It's the inaugural version of the Cheesehead Classic. This would really be a fun event as well. It's 10 ball, race to nine, double elimination, Alternate break, rack your own with a magic rack on seven foot diamond tables. And uh, yeah, there's a pretty strong field that's going to be attending that one. It's available for pay per view. So go to uh, pullactiontv.com if you want to check out uh, uh, the deal on the pay per view. Um, it's going to be strong. Dennis. Uh, Arcoyo, Justin Bergman, Alex Pagline, Roberto Gomez, Sky Woodward, Shane McMahon, Rob Saez, John Mora, Tony Chohan, Alex uh, Olinger, Larry Neville, Ike Runnels. I mean, it just goes on and on. There's a pretty star-studded feel, so that should be some good pool for you. Um, and that starts tomorrow. And then, of course, on the very same day, uh, over on the northwestern portions of the country, we got uh, the um, Chinook Winds event is about to about to kick off here, so uh, that's also going to be ten ball in an open division. So uh, the field should be pretty strong with that one just as well. You know, going to be some good pool, uh, and I'm pretty sure that that's going to be streamed as well. So you can look into the details on that. And how? Uh, what else is going on? Well, I also want to give you a reminder real quick that you, too, have a chance to win yourself a brand new diamond billiard table, or pool table, I should say. 
you know, Diamond Mink's probably the best tables in the world as it is right now. And uh, the BEF, the Billiard Education Foundation, has put together a, uh, a raffle, if you will, uh, in association with the, uh, the junior players, the junior nine ball players. And you can buy tickets from the junior players directly or through the BEF. And uh, for every ticket, it gets you a chance for to win this the table that they're going to have a drawing for. So if you think 40 bucks is a pretty good shot at a, at a brand new table, you know, go ahead and hit them up. Or visit winadiamondtable.com for more information. So uh, it's a great way to support the juniors, obviously. Uh, they need uh, all the support they can get. They are the future of the game. And it certainly wouldn't hurt, you know, to win yourself a brand new table. So get over there and buy as many as you can. We'll uh, certainly back you up on that. And drum roll, please. Right around the corner is the U.S. Open nine ball. Forty years in the making. Forty years might be the oldest continuous tournament in the in the states at this point. So tonight. Uh, Mr. Mark Cantrell has uh, gotten together with uh, the founder and promoter of the U.S. Open tournament, Mr. Barry Berman, and they're going to go over some uh, details, how things are uh, developing here in the last couple of weeks leading up to the event. Uh, they talk about the added money and some different entry uh, player field entries and all kinds of good stuff like that. So you're going to want to stick around for that, and we'll get right back to it after your one-minute pool instructor. Hi, I'm Scott Lee. Randy G. And welcome to the One Minute Pool Instructor. Well, I'm excited about this uh, discussion, Scott. What do we got? Well, we're going to talk about the mental game. And there, there's a, a, a lot of... Uh, things to talk about there. There's been some new developments lately, uh, some, some uh, things that you can actually take to enhance uh, how your brain works. Boy, is that true, too. I'm on one myself, by the way. We'll talk about it. I'm pretty excited, but there's one thing that uh, I wanted to start out with, and that's in every one of our pool schools. We uh, encourage our students to come because they're going to learn about the physical, psychological, and mental aspects of the game. Could you uh, give us a rundown on what those three terms mean? Well, the physical is we're certainly going to get into how your body operates, you know. Um, the physical is just exactly that. Uh, keep it simple. Um, we simplify the stroke, we put it to your body, we put the stroke to your rhythm and timing, not mine or yours, right. but to, to, your, to the student. So physically, we work very hard in, in giving them their mantra and their rhythm and timing so they can just toss that cue in the same way, just at different speeds. And it's the shooting template, boy, until you know what your shooting yeah. template is. Isn't that neat, the template? Yep. I mean, the mantra and the template are two of the <laughs> neatest things we teach. Now, the mental game, well, let's do the mental game last. The psychological game is real simple. Um, it's all about aptitude and attitude. Learning is aptitude and attitude. Playing is aptitude and attitude. Can I play? Do I want to play? Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about 
here we are, we come out of an eight to 10 hour grueling job, and now our league demands us to play at a, at a, a top performance. Right. Can you do that? Sometimes you're just beat up. Um, but yeah, I think you can get into, into a, a, a psychological um, trickery that says, yes, I want to play, and yes, I'm going to play good, and, and uh, off you go. Psychologically, it's all about whether you want to and whether you can. And one of the things that we talk a lot about in pool school is that all of us make errors. I mean, even the pros make errors. You even every shot might be an error. Absolutely. What did Jack Nicklaus say in golf? <laughs> I, I mean, his statement was something about uh, we all make errors. Those who recover from it. The quickest, the fastest, usually wins the tournament. And that was exactly what I was going to say, is that it's not so much whether we make an error or not, it's how we deal with it emotionally. Emotionally, yeah. Uh, that talks uh -huh. about what's going to happen when we come back to the table. And for those of you listening, just remember this. All of our emotions are controlled by emotions. No matter what we do in life, emotions control our emotions. So psychologically, you better be prepared to control your emotions. Absolutely. Did the guy walking by my table bother me? <laughs> Only if you let him. Only if you let him, that's correct. <laughs> so that guy talking behind me, I don't hear him anymore. I don't see people anymore because I've, I've taken the stand that, that I'm not gonna allow that to happen to my game. Well, you know, one of the things that, that I teach is that only you can prevent you from performing at yeah. your peak ability. Yeah, well, and, don't and, you and I have a pretty famous saying: you can only get sharked if you want to get sharked. That's right. All right. Yeah. So now the mental game. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, and we all have to understand this: you cannot have a strong mental game until your physical game is correct. Absolutely. If part of your brain is still running your stroke, if part of your game is still doing aiming then uh, you don't have a 100% mental game. And you don't have confidence in what you're doing. No, well, it can't have. But once you put aiming, stroke, angle, speed, and spin to bed, your mental game then becomes all about how strong you are in your three pre-shot routines. You know how I like to describe it, Randy? Yeah, go, tell me. Every, everybody, we play pull two ways, one way when we're on, another way when we're under pressure, and usually our under pressure or default stroke is a pale comparison to our uh, fun in, in the zone yeah. fast and loose stroke and one of the things that uh, that we try to teach is the idea that if i make my default stroke my best case scenario by breaking it down and rebuilding it into uh, the perfect timing and putting it all together that frees up our mind yes. to utilize the playing now and new ways of uh, learning and thinking about how to set up and deliver that cue. That there's a, there is no one way that works for everybody. Well, you know, that's a good th thought. I want to tell all you listeners out there, if you've been to my pool school in the last 10 years, you better get back in again, because I got new ideas. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> all right, this is Randy G. And this is Scott Lee. Thanks for listening to the One Minute Pool Instructor. <laughs>
It's kind of that time of year again. We're almost there. Uh, the U.S. Open, and there's been some chitter-chatter on uh, the Easy Billiards forums, of course, uh, about there being a full field, and it's the 40th anniversary, and all the other wonderful things that go along with it. And so I called, and uh, Barry Berman and myself have kissed and made up after our little misunderstanding, and I'm glad to have him back on the show. How are you doing, Barry? Well, um, I'm, 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 I've been crying for a couple of days. It's called Tears of Joy. Uh, Mark, thank you. <clears throat> Excuse my voice. Um, I've been working out for the last few months. I've had a little bit of uh, breathing issues, but I'm still breathing, which is a very good thing. But um, um, I feel I'm elated about, um, I mean, words cannot describe how good I feel right now about this year's event being full. And not only that, with 128 at 1,000 entry, and I'll, I'll get into why I increased it from 750 to 1,000 and all the reason, good reasons for that. But I'm looking at 30 countries. Players are coming from 30 countries. And this is unheard of. And uh, in these days... Um, in times of the world the way it is today. And I, I tell you, um, um, uh, tear, tears of joy is really um, what, what I'm talking about because um, I was elated to have um, um, to, I, I came very close, Mark, to um, I've, I, again, I've had a little bit of health issues, but I'm fine. But I came really close uh, to taking a year's hiatus after uh, last year's demise, and um, um, I, I really did. I, I came very close. But to get out of the city of Chesapeake was a blessing. To be back in the city of Norfolk, where the U.S. Open began at the Sheraton downtown Waterside, Norfolk, in the financial district, where 25,000 people work across the street from the Sheraton. Um, you know, uh, it's great to be loved and appreciated. And I, I, I don't, I'm really choked up, to be honest with you. Um, uh, I, I may sound um, uh, that I'm not. It's only because I'm tired. I've been working very much uh, with 17 days to go, uh, especially, but I've been working for, um, um, weeks now um, on everything, and I, I, I don't know what to say other than um, um, that I'm very happy and very. Well, appreciative. I know a, a lot of people lost money. Uh, I don't <laughs> know how many lost money because they said the thousand dollar entry fee and getting a full field was it one hundred? Is it one hundred and twenty eight? Is that what it is? Is it one hundred twenty eight field? Uh, yeah, Mark, uh, it's uh, last year was the first year that um, I went to 128 um, with uh, nine tables and one last day in the size ballroom that I uh, had uh, to now having um, double the size. It's almost as large the ballroom at the Sheraton as the Chesapeake Conference Center. It's just about that size. So people will remember 
that 20,000 square feet, and we are um, uh, almost uh, the same footage. But what I did was <clears throat> the extra $250 um, per per player, hoping for a full field at a one at 128, adds up to $32,000. By doing this and taking a, uh, a risk of this, uh, actually it worked out in the way that I was praying for. And here's how. When you have an extra $32,000, I was able to increase first place from 30 to 40, which is plenty extra, not 50. 40 is a great number. It's 40, 20, 10. Now, everyone knows for a long time that I pay deep. Uh, no one that has 128 players pays past 32, except myself. And when it was more players, I always paid about 38 to 40% of the field. The 33 through 48 last bracket uh, to be paid this year, the extra $32,000, uh, 10 went to first, but now 33 through 48 mark, they receive 2000 each back. So a player that wins two, his first two matches, his first two matches, they're automatically in the money, but they're not getting just their entry fee back like they used to. Now they're getting back double that. So it worked. And um, um, amongst many other things <laughs> that worked, and I cannot say enough um, about Pat Fleming. Uh, you know, Pat and I, this is our <clears throat> 34th year of being together. With one argument, Mark, and it was my fault. <laughs> and uh, but Pat and I are uh, uh, loving friends for 34 years, and uh, I was at the Hall of Fame induction when he was inducted um, six, seven years ago, and the first words that he said was, thank you, Barry Berman. This was in Charlotte. Thank you, Barry Berman, for embracing me with one camera in 1982, and uh, I was really choked up about that, and uh, Pat, Pat has come a long way, he's just uh, the best, he's just the best, so Mark, I really <clears throat> was in limbo of of what to do this year, um, and honestly, I, I was really leaning towards taking a year off. Um, uh, really, after 39, I was taking a year off. But two weeks after the Open, knowing that um, that's not in my blood <clears throat> to quit, and never has been, um, I sought another venue, and the Sheraton Downtown Norfolk uh, is, um, as Pat Fleming said when he came uh, over the summer for his site inspection with Julian, as well as Shane Van Boning was here a couple months ago for five days. They bought both. They've all said, "Barry, you finally got lucky." <laughs> and 
and it's quite a lovely venue. Um, and they work with me from A to Z. Um, a little plug for Jerry and Mike. Uh, for food, prices, rooms, beverages. Because um, one of my traditions, Mark, is uh, you cannot gouge my guests for high hotel prices. Uh, this Sheraton is uh, all summer, 468 rooms was sold out at $189 a night. Well, I was able to block 350 of the 468 rooms at $89 a night for my guests. So they'll end up doing over 2,000 room nights and uh, a box lunch, sandwich, chips, and soda, $7. A stupendous dinner buffet, like it used to be at the conference center, is a flat $15. Uh, uh, domestic beers are like three fifty. dollars uh, So no gouging. Um, uh, I, don't, I cannot allow that to happen to my guests. And so they work with me in every capacity, um, and it, it, it just feels great to be appreciated. Well, it seems uh, from from what we've seen and the, the information that's been piled there by uh, Oldzilla and uh, Pat Fleming, uh, that uh, keeping track of keeping track of the interest. I, and obviously, we we know that on that uh, on the list of players the, that's full, uh, we know there are going to be some that fall out, and that's basically past champions uh, and uncertainty. Have you heard anything? I'm going to guess that uh, like Buddy Hall uh, may not attend. I guess Efren Reyes is shooting a beer commercial in the Philippines. Mark, again, excuse my voice, I've, I've just been, um, I need to gargle when I get home at night before I go to bed, so I won't sound like this in two weeks. Uh, but um, there's 24 individual men's U.S. Open champions of approximately 14 are still active um, uh, players. And um, you know, as we know, uh, several uh, are no longer with us. Um, so, um, um, uh, unfortunately, Nick Barnett would not be here. Uh, Buddy would not be here. Um, but all those who are active, which is approximately 14, um, will be coming, um, not just because I'm taking, taking care of their entry fees. Um, this is uh, something that, that I, I used to take care of every year. But it's every five years now I'll, I'll uh, um, help the guys at my defending champions out so um, and take care of their entry fee. But it, this is a milestone year for sure, <clears throat> the big 4-0. Are you still uh, – let me ask you a question, Barry. Are you still adamant on uh, – you're going to pay the entry fees or give them free entry, which, which is uh, – to clear that up, first of all. Are you giving them free entry, or are you paying no, their entry? No, it's. Uh, let me make this perfectly clear. I am. Uh, I am adding seventy-five thousand dollars of my money that's already in escrow in Pat Pat Fleming's account. This money has come directly uh, from my sponsor, 
uh, my title sponsor, Mr. Ivan Lee, Simonis, and Aramith, and all VIP ticket sales of the 246 VIP seats, the most ever. Um, over 200 have been sold, uh, between 150 and $200. So if you do the math at 175 uh, times 200, that's about 35000 And thank you, Ivan Lee, for his wonderful um, support always. And thank you to my vendors. Uh, so all the added money came from um, Simonis and Aramith, Diamond Billiards, all of my beautiful VIP ticket holders, and my wonderful vendors. Uh, well, the, now the, the question, the question, Barry, is with the defense, with the past champions. Are you paying that entry for them, or yeah, are you, no, you, I, I, are they just I, getting free entry? No, no. It, here, I'll, I'll break it down nice and simple. Uh, it's sixty thousand dollars plus fifteen more thousand that I am putting in to the seventy-five thousand dollars of added money. So, in other words, um, um, regardless of how you count it, um, I am putting in seventy-five thousand dollars plus thirty-seven hundred and fifty dollars to be sanctioned by the Whirlpool Association. Uh, that I will, I do, I never deduct out of the prize fund where others, most others, do. So, in other words, uh, seventy-five thousand added means I am paying, I am putting in a thousand per active player, as well as sixty or sixty-one thousand. Okay. So, okay. It, no matter how you cut it. Um, I got it. The, the WPA, thank you, Ian Anderson and Skip Nemechek, they agreed to allow uh, this year's event to be, uh, as usual, a Tier 2 event, which means this is why we have players from 30 countries, Mark, the most ever, because, um, unfortunately, the United States of America, we don't have a federation. And... Uh, but the other six continents do, and their federations assist and aid and help players with expenses. So this has come through for um, uh, all WPA players uh, from the other continents all over the world to uh, help get players here. I have the list in front of me, Mark, 30 countries. I mean, this is never – this is – never happened in uh, U.S. Open history, and I don't know if it's ever happened at any professional men's event or women's event, but I, I have written down every country, including uh, Egypt, and I'm upset with the my Hebrew friends. Uh, none, none of them are coming, but they're about the only country, uh, Israel, that's not on my list. I mean, we have Greece, Italy, Spain, Vietnam, Austria, Malta, uh, Estonia, uh, Sweden, uh, Korea, uh, Puerto Rico, uh, England, Finland, uh, Denmark, Netherlands, Germany, uh, Taiwan, of course, Philippines, uh, uh, Virgin Islands, 
and the list, Spain goes on and on and on. 30 countries are are representing uh, and playing in the, in the yeah. US Open. Well, it, I got, it, I got the, and that's awesome. Um, the I, I got I got the answer on the where the, the players uh, again some are gonna uh, drop out uh, like Buddy Hall etc. Um, and uh, I guess Skyler Woodard is set to take. How long is the waiting list? Well, um, how many spaces are going to be open, and how many are on the waiting list? Well, um, all I can say is uh, Pat Fleming, um, God bless Pat Fleming. <clears throat> um, uh, right now, there's um, it's full. There's uh, a little, a little bit. Uh, there's a few on the list in case of last minute emergencies. <clears throat> and Pat and Jay and I made the decision today, for many good reasons, many good reasons. Um, to leave it alone at 128 when, um, um, as we all know, I can be a little demanding. And I've only opened the field one other time, uh, which was the year 2000. Um, when I opened the field from 256 to 286. And uh, um, I was leaning in that direction again to open it up for 32 more players, but um, uh, maybe next year. So it's a wonderful thing. Uh, it's it's actually Mark. It's one day less um, having um, 128 nine tables instead of a seven day event. It's a six day event with the final day being the final four. So it's a beautiful thing with scheduling. We have three rounds in uh, 10.30, <clears throat> and 2.30. And then we have a break, and the evening matches are 7, 9, and 11. That's Sunday through Thursday. And this year, for the first time ever, uh, we're ending it on Friday night, the 30th of October, or Friday, uh, because Saturday is Halloween. And next year, we'll go back to the middle of October, where it's been for many years. But the only dates that I could have for the Sheraton uh, was the, the last week of October. And it just so happens that Saturday is Halloween. And we did a poll on AZ Billiards, and it came uh, to the conclusion to um, end it on Friday and leave Halloween alone. So... Um, that's what we did this year. Next year, uh, we'll, we'll be in the middle of October at, back at the Sheraton. Okay. And, um, and um, you know, Pat Fleming, God bless him, God bless Pat. As Jay Helford said, when um, um, I called him and, uh, and, and, and told him in, in November that, um, that I wasn't quitting and that uh, it's going to be at a, at, in Norfolk at a beautiful Sheraton and that uh, Pat Fleming, God bless him, agreed to um, handle all of the um, added money, player entries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Jay's exact words was, and I'm not offended at all, Jay's exact words was, 
Pat just saved the U.S. Open. And, um, you know, um, I'm about choked up right now, you know, because Pat did. And, you know, I, I was thinking who would be the best choice to handle all the funds and handle it properly. Um, and when I say that, you know, I have a little pool hall that uh, requires a lot of funding. So now I needed to separate that from the open. And the best way was to um, have someone else handle it. And the most logical person uh, on this planet is my friend for 34 years, um, Mr. Pat Fleming, um, who everyone adores, respects, um, and has a lot of admiration for. Pat's done so much. Very proud. I'm very proud of Pat. I've got to. Uh, I was going to say. I. I've got, I've got to jump back uh, a little bit. Uh, I, I did just misspeak. I was. I was thinking of Justin Hall was on the waiting list. I'd just seen that Justin Hall was on the waiting list to jump into a spot where maybe Buddy Hall would have been, etc. Um, statement that you'd made. Uh, well, well, a Buddy's lot. Not, Buddy's not on the list of active players. Oh, he went on that list? Okay. No, I, no, I, no. I was just bringing him up as an example. Well, uh, Efren was, and then uh, he and Boosty are doing a, um, a uh, beer commercial, as you said. Um, and Nick Varna was on the list. But Nick uh, and I spoke today because I felt certain he was coming. Um, uh, but uh, he is not. So um, um, the field is full. And, but there's always um, uh, one, two, three, or four that may something may happen. And yeah, I, I believe at this point, I, I don't think it's up for question. I know, I think at this point, it's it's going to be filled. It's not. That's not. Up, I'm not. I'm not questioning. No, it's it's going to be filled. It's already full. But I'm yeah. talking about Justin Hall. Um, we have a list of 128 players that are accountable for already Pat does, and it's on the website. Um, but in Justin's case, um, most likely someone uh, that's already paid their entry may um, uh, not be able to make it. So um, we hope Justin gets in. Uh, USA has not determined all of their uh, Moscone Cup players or Europe, um, and the U.S. Open is the final chapter of who gets in. So all the Europeans, they're on the fence, as well as uh, only Shane Van Boning and Mike DeShane are uh, um, um, a lock on the USA team. And Mike, actually, Mike, Mike's, not, Mike's not a lock on the USA team. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought he was. Excuse me. But no, Neil's... Neil Spann is a lock on the Europeans, and I believe Alvin Ocean. No, no, no. Darren Appleton is a lock. Neil's is a lock, and I'm sure Ocean is a lock. The others are not. USA, from what I've heard, is, of course, of course, Mr. Three-Pete, um, and four-time U.S. Open champion Shane Van Boney. Uh, as well, I heard um, that Mike, Mike DeShane was uh, uh, a lock, but I may be wrong. 
But in other words, all this will be finalized. Yeah, uh, as the U.S. Open. And isn't that a beautiful thing? I have to say, <clears throat> um, Skip Nemechek fought for me, and Ian Anderson bit his tongue almost off, but he, he it mended, and he's fine. And um, I cannot thank both of those gentlemen uh, for their support and uh, for whatever reason they care for me. I really appreciate it. I really do. And I, appreciate, I appreciate all my fans. I appreciate all of our sponsors. I appreciate all of our vendors. And um, I, I've made I've made my mistakes in life. And who hasn't? But uh, this certainly is the way to go. So, Pat Fleming, if you're listening, <clears throat> you are hired every year, without a doubt. So, sorry, Pat, but um, 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 this will have to be this way every year, and that's fine with me. <laughs> I got uh, a question of uh, something that you'd said. Um, uh, a while earlier in the year, and it, it, it was actually about the past champions. I had to keep bringing it up, but I keep trying to get there. I keep forgetting and going off on a tangent. Um, you said that the entries would be paid as long as they wore their green jackets, their U.S. Yeah. Open jackets. Here, is, you know, listen, um, Mark. I, I'm a traditional man. Um, uh, a lot of a lot of this has come from uh, my going to Augusta National uh, from 1995 through 09, just for either Monday or Tuesday's practice round. I fell in love with the Masters golf in 1986 when Jack Nicklaus, at age 46, won his sixth green jacket and um, shot 30 on the backside on Sunday with a bogey on 12 to win the Masters for the sixth time. And that's when I really got hooked on um, uh, on, on uh, the Masters. And nine years later, um, I went every year with a whole bunch of friends to either Monday or Tuesday's practice round. And as you know, the green jackets, um, I started that tradition 15 years ago for my 25th anniversary, and every player has a green jacket. So the only thing I ask of each active player that I pay their entry fee for is to wear your green jacket proudly prior to each match that you play. And um, that's all I ask of them this year. And all I ask is to uh, wear their jackets proudly, and uh, I'll pay their entry. Uh, they're all aware of it, and they all know this. So <laughs> this is a funny story. My friend Corey Duell, our 2001 champion, um, 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 he left his uh, green jacket in a dry cleaner somewhere in the United States, and he forgot where. <laughs> but uh, Corey, Corey's, I, I love him. So 
he he has called uh, the, the gentleman here locally that makes um, our green jackets, and uh, so he is purchasing another green jacket in order for me to be able to pay his entry, no exceptions. So all my U all my U.S. Open champions that are coming to play, uh, remember, if you're not wearing your green jacket, you, you better bring a thousand dollars with you because that's the only stipulation. Prior okay. to each prior to each match. Oh, by the way, <clears throat> Wednesday during the dinner break, we're going to have a uh, U.S. Open champions roast. Um, um, which will be in the players' practice room, which is 4,000 square feet, a beautiful room. And it, it'll be free uh, to anybody that wants to come in. And we'll say a few things um, as clean as we can about uh, – uh, there'll be many people speaking uh, about uh, each uh, U.S. Open champion that are there. And um, I will take turns having a roast for uh, for um, all, all of our fine fellows. <laughs> and, you know, may Grady Matthews rest in peace. But <clears throat> I remember at our 30th anniversary, we had a roast. And uh, Grady, uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Well, he was a humorous man. <laughs> And he told some stories about some players, and I'm not going to mention who, but um, um, it was uh, it was funny, but not really, not really. But it's a roast, so we're going to have a roast that's toasty for uh, the dinner break um, Wednesday, uh, five o'clock to six thirty, um, right next to the restaurant. Uh, downstairs in the lobby <clears throat> uh, in the players' practice room that they have all week um, with four tables Diamond is bringing. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And the next night, as we know, is um, our BCA um, Hall of Fame induction for two wonderful uh, uh, gentlemen, Oliver Ortman, long overdue, Charlie, your setting. Uh, a great man. I called them both and congratulated them. Well deserved. So that'll be Thursday night. So and then Friday, we're down to the final four. One o'clock, three o'clock, and seven. Um, and, and then we'll have it in the history books, and we'll see if Shane can forepeak. Yeah, I was talking. Uh, I was talking to somebody earlier today. And you, I know you can correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, only three people have won the U.S. Open in the last eight years. Uh, absolutely. You know, it took 20 years. Unbel this is so an unbelievable stat, Mark. It took 20 years for Mika to win back-to-back. Uh, Nick Varner was 89 and 90. And then it took 20 years to Mika winning back-to-back. -back. And then Darren wins back-to-back. -back. And then Shane wins back-to-back -back with an exclamation point of three-peating. 
the only person on planet Earth in the next 100, 200 years that can ever, ever uh, break Shane's three feet is Shane Van Bunning. Uh, if yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's amazing how that how it all happened. It was like you said, twenty years. I used, to, as you know, I used to do a lot of work with uh, Nick Varner and Earl and Johnny Hutch, and we'd go on the road, do the exhibitions, and I'd play the MC uh, part of the thing. And one of the things I always was uh, 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 announcing all these accolades was uh, the only person to have won the U.S. Open back to back. And then all of a sudden, I couldn't say it no more as soon as Lincoln did it. And uh, so I went to one of the only two people who have won the U.S. Open back-to-back. Then Darren does it. Like, oh, my God. Well, we, <laughs> that Shane does it. You know, you, 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 like, he, he, he took 20 years to get there, and then now... Three guys won back-to-back, and Shane did... You know, listen, Shane last year... His, we had 126 players. So two, two gentlemen got a buy. Um, it happened to be Mika and it happened to be Shane. But when Shane played his first match against Rob Sands, Shane should have never won that match. It was 10-7 Rob. Rob broke the balls, made the nine on the break and scratched. And then it went hill-hill. And Rob was running out, and he went three rails with the cue and scratch. Uh, just um, um, uh, an error we all make. <laughs> and uh, and that was Shane's first match last year. So not only do you have to be, play great for a week, uh, you have to be lucky as well. And if, if I had a choice of being uh, lucky or good, I think I'd rather be lucky. I think <laughs> I'd rather be lucky. Uh, I mean, listen, we yeah. all, uh, you know, we all need um, our, our luck. And uh, sometimes in life, you deserve it or not. And I know both sides of that coin. And um, uh, if anyone deserves to 3 feet, it's Shane Van Boning because this this fine man, I've got to know very well. And um, he's a true champion for the game of pool in every possible scenario. Every possible scenario. He's uh, nev- never has anything negative to say about anybody. Um, he's one of those rare players that, um, you know, when he loses a match, you can't tell if he's won or lost 10 minutes later. He's just a true gentleman uh, and a fine young 33-year-old. Just a terrific person. And I wish uh, Poole should have more Shane Van Bunnings, and hopefully uh, he will lead the way for for more. Uh, He's just an outstanding individual. He, his work ethic, his workout routine, his eating habits, his resting habits, he's a very methodical young man, and uh, he deserves everything that he's accomplished. And he's just 
barely lost the world championship 13 to 11. But, you know, then he won the challenge of champions. And uh, Shane is um, quite, quite an interesting, sharp man. Very sharp, Mark. Maybe as sharp as you. <laughs> no, we can go that far. Um, uh, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a good guy, and I've, I've, uh, I've been around him myself. And I, I, he loves the game, and I tell this story all the time. Uh, but it's just a testament to how much he loves the game of pool. So I'll, I'll agree. I'll make it as quick as I can. Uh, we were doing an event in uh, Helena, Montana, and it was uh, called the Decider, and it was uh, a number of different games on a bar table, and he, it was Shane against uh, Earl Strickland. And what happened is we got this... Uh, uh, banquet room that they had uh, off to one side. We had a, a diamond table delivered and set up and everything, and the chairs all around. And all the guys who would help, this is the day before the, the event starts, the match, because it was a two, three-day event. And uh, all the guys who would help were all pool fans, obviously, and they wanted to play on the table because it was free. The table's on the other side of the uh, outside this banquet room were uh, coin-operated. And so they didn't have to pay, and it was a nicer table. So they're all playing on this table, and Shane had stopped by to say hello and that kind of thing, and they kind of left. So I went out to the bar to get myself a drink, and I'm looking over at the other side. It was quiet. And I'm looking over at the other side of the room, and there's a pool table over in the corner. And there's Shane. Number undoubtedly the number one player in America, U.S. Open champion, and he's playing coins. These guys over here are playing for free on the brand new nice diamond table. He's playing coins in the table and playing with a house stick, a crooked old nasty old house stick. How much you gotta love the game that even when you don't have your cue with you and you've got access to a table and anybody would have gladly given up the table or said play with us. You know, and he's over there in the corner playing money, playing quarters in and playing with a house stick. you got to love the game. And, you know, Shane is, uh, like I said, <clears throat> Mark, um, he came in and did me a favor uh, before he went to uh, Pat's One Pocket event. And he spent five nights at the Sheraton. And, um, of course, um, I had uh, interviews lined up for him with TV and newspaper stories and the vice mayor, and uh, we walked the streets of downtown Norfolk. I showed him where uh, I fell in love with the game of pool 50 years ago, where a, um, a bigger room, just like out of the uh, movie The Hustler, uh, uh, wooden floor, um, uh, spit tunes, uh, no longer that, uh, 12 tables where Luther Wimpy Lasseter used to play out of called St. Elmo's, um, 112 Brook Avenue, downtown Norfolk. And we went to the mall right across the street, beautiful MacArthur Mall. And um, uh, Shane and I spent uh, a lot of time together. And I really got to know him um, um, uh, very well because at the open, um, boy, oh, boy, I have a lot to do, and um, so I, I don't have that much of an opportunity to to, to hang out with um, 
um, my cha- our champions. But Shane um, came to town for five nights, and he is an, just, just a, um, a soft-spoken, um, um, uh, silent assassin pool player that has a, a work ethic that is just unbelievable. Um, he, w- he, he was here playing at Q Masters at night, and uh, the guys were telling me that he would practice one shot for an hour, one shot for an hour until he got it down pat. I mean, Shane is just unbelievable. He's very smart, very intelligent, and just, you know, who doesn't? Even the even everybody he beats, who doesn't love, who doesn't admire Shane Van Boning? And I, I can't think of anyone that really would have anything bad to say about him other than he kicked their ass playing pool. <laughs> and that's not bad. Right. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Just to, we'll close this up. Um, if you were to be a gambling man, who would you put your money on? You got one bet. You got $1,000, one bet, one player. Who would you bet uh, it, it, Mark, you know, it, it, the beauty of uh, the U.S. Open for many years, many years, and in particular this year with the field, we have 27 of the top 32 WPA-ranked players coming. Uh, Mark, there's uh, 30 to 40 players in that neighborhood that can win the U.S. Open. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, It really is. Um, uh, I remember when Mike, uh, when John Schmidt won in 06, uh, he he fell in stroke for a week. Fantastic player. Um, And won. Um, It happens. Uh, Gabe Owen is another example. Uh, 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 Jeremy Jones, Another example, and I'm so glad that Johnny Archer has a U.S. Open title uh, in '99. I know he cherishes it well, but you know it's just so difficult to to pick. You can't, you cannot pick one. And I, I rest my case. I there, there's just too many great players that you catch a gear, and it's your it's your time. It's your time, and it's your week, and you have to play great. And I have set up the rules over the years to not break from the side, use the break box. I I, I don't want uh, the, the 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 player that hits the golf ball the furthest to win. I don't want the best breaker of the game of nine ball who breaks from the side and makes four balls on the break to win. Of course, there's no better tables than diamonds. They are true, and they are tight. They're actually too tight, but (laughs) uh, you can't convince Greg and Chad about that. They're only the best tables on the planet. So, you know, you, you have to play great, 
you, you have to be uh, get some roles and uh, and and have some luck with that. So I, I have no idea, um, honestly. I could name forty about forty players that uh, uh, I think might win, but I can't name one. <laughs> well, you know, and I've I've caught myself uh, with uh, uh, this same kind of dilemma because I've always said to win the U.S. Open. If I was to win the U.S. Open one time, I'd quit playing pool and, and go out and say I won the U.S. Open. It, it don't get much better than that. I can go out saying I succeeded. But in order to win the U.S. Open, you have to play flawlessly. And you've got to have some luck. I remember. And I say that, but then when you look at who's won over the last eight years, it's not about all that. It can't be... You've, you've just got to be that good consistently. You know, it's amazing. I mean, really, Mark, the more we talk and think about uh, 20 years, no one won back-to-back. No one. I mean, unbelievable. And then, you know, uh, here comes Mika. And then here comes Darren. And here comes Shane. I mean, and for Shane, the three-peat. You know, honestly, um, um, I, it's, uh, I don't know what to say other than um, uh, things happen for a reason, but I cannot understand how it could go 20 years before anyone repeats. Uh, and then three guys do, and Shane does one more. And again, you know, um, uh, hopefully the U.S. Open nine-ball championships will be on this planet as long as the planet is here. And uh, uh, the only person that could ever, 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 ever forbeat, ever, would be Shane this year. Other than that, uh, you can forget about it. I mean... Shane, there's no, absolutely no doubt about it. He's an absolutely fantastic player that puts in the hard work and does everything he needs to do to be that good. Even so, as good as he is, it's still hard to believe three in a row. It still doesn't seem right. It's, a, it's almost an impossible thing well, to do. Know, and I, if he does it four times, that's that's just, uh, I don't know what to even say. Because like you said, there's so many fantastic players out there that can win at any time. And all you've got to do is, is drop the ball, lose your focus, get out of stroke for... Two hours, and you're done. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Mark, it, 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 we just can't figure this out, you know, because Efren Reyes owned the Derby for years. I mean, the, that was his. He owned it. And I believe um, you could say, well, yeah, uh, Shane Van Boning owns the U.S. Open because he's done something nobody else ever has and nobody else ever will and ever is a long time i i just can't see it happening but like you said you have to play great pool and the way i, I have things set up with the great box with um uh the nine on the spot you know you're not making the wing ball 
you, you, you have to have all of your elements of the game together for a week, along with a lot of roles. And the only person who, only person that could possibly you could look at is a different is a different scenario. Well, the only other person, obviously, is Earl, who's had five. Nope, they weren't back-to-back. They didn't do three back-to-back. And so that's, you know, that's a, a point of contention there of what Shane did that nobody else has done. But he's got to win this one to just equal Earl. So if he wins this, he's equal to Earl in the amount of uh, wins he's had. Is, can he do another one? Six U.S. Opens? Woo! Well, Can you imagine? Uh, you know, I, I, I want to make a prediction that um, and go out on a limb. Um, that Shane needs, yes, you're right, one more to tie Earl. And let me check my memory back. Uh, I'm not looking at anything because I don't need to. 84, 87, 93, 97, and 2000 were the five years that uh, Earl Strickland won the Open. Um, so, uh, and I know I, you can test my memory anytime you want. Uh, believe me, I do not forget a year and who won. But, you know, um, um, I, 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 I do believe very much so for many reasons. Uh, Steve Miserak, may he rest in peace, uh, um, uh, said many years ago that a pool player really doesn't peak until they're around the age of 40 with their having good vision, uh, having good health, and having good nerves. And uh, that's only true. And Shane is 33, who is like 26 with his regiment. So, oh, my God. I, I do believe Shane has six or seven um, uh, legitimate U.S. Open nine ball championship victories um, uh, out there for him uh, to achieve. And sorry, Earl, if you're not happy with what I just said, but I do believe uh, uh, Shane will will certainly tie uh, Earl's mighty record. And um, I also believe that Shane will uh, surpass uh, Earl's record. I mean, unbelievable. But, he, you know, listen, uh, they said the same thing about Tiger Woods, that he would surpass Jack's 18 Grand Slams. Well, that's not going to happen. Uh, that's not going to happen. He has 14, so there's no way. I have dear friends who I play golf with that swear they don't think Tiger Woods will win one more major you know, uh, you know, but it's a different sport where he has changed his golf swing many times. So he's torqued, torqued every uh, bone, every muscle in his body. And uh, Jack Nichols had the same swing his whole life. So his he 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 was able to win his 18th uh, major at the age of 46, and Tiger's almost 40. So but I, I, he hasn't won a major in years, and I don't know if he'll ever win another one. But uh, Shane is 33, um, uh, and his regiment is, it's, you know, they say you get what you deserve. Well, he deserves a whole lot. 
because it's hard to find a finer man uh, playing the game of pool around the world than Shane Van Bunny. Well, I uh, I, I agree with you. Um, do you? Uh, I, I know you've already mentioned your uh, vendors and sponsors. Is there anybody else you'd like to thank before we uh, get going? So I'm running out of my uh, recording time. Well, Mark, I just wanted to say that um, I'm, I'm uh, 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 sending Jerry and, uh, Forsythe and uh, Mike Howerton uh, uh, a little short press release tomorrow. I, I have to thank them in particular. They, they are uh, uh, both have been uh, just fabulous uh, f- uh, for the event for or, and for myself. And... Um, uh, I'm writing uh, uh, just a one or two pager, and it's, uh, it says "Tears of Joy" by yours truly. Uh, today, October eighth, two thousand fifteen, is a day in my life that I'll never forget. And so grateful to also have several wonderful gentlemen uh, who have poured out their hearts to help my so help me celebrate my fortieth anniversary of the U.S. Open. And um, that's how it starts. Uh, uh, of course, the players from 30 countries, the most ever, and a full field two and a half weeks before. I mean, I mean, I don't know what to say other than um, I, I want to be, um, I want to have tears of joy uh, uh, all week, and that's my goal. I have a great staff uh, uh, that's going to uh, do their. Uh, their their best to keep me in a happy mode and no that's not with a cocktail in my hand I've actually uh, um, had some a little bit of a health issue with some breathing issues but I'm fine I uh, ride my bicycle every day so um, um, I just want to be naturally happy and there's a lot of people out there that um, I'm very appreciative of um, and and Mark, it was it's been great talking with you today too. Hey, is Roberta still with you? Yes, she is. Uh, just left for today, so uh, yes, yeah, so she is here, and uh, she'll be happy to see everybody. You know, she's a huge fan of the game of pool, and for uh, well over twenty five years, her entire family they have been coming, and she's. Always got a happy face, and even when she's mad at me or overworked, she's still smiling. And I want to be like her this year because the last three years, U.S. Opens in particular, 12, 13, and 14, have been extremely, uh, extremely difficult for me. And I'm on a mission really to. Uh, I have the best staff with Ken and Carl, my God. Uh, I mean, Jay and, Sh- and Carl and then shots, uh, the, uh, Scott Smith, the shot. He'll be back. Um, uh, it was great to have shot, shot back last year. And uh, so I have a wonderful uh, staff uh, uh, that will do uh, everything in their power to uh, keep a smile on my face all week long and I really more more than ever uh, there's a particular reason that I really want this year to be a happy year and not just for me 
but for everybody. And uh, it, it's this, it's hard to believe. In the I, I, I'm really Mark. I, I have tears of joy, and um, I, I'm really choked up right now because uh, I'm a very fortunate man uh, uh, to to be sitting here uh, talking to me. And, and, and talking and, to me. That's what that's what makes you emotional. Oh, of course. That's why I'm crying right now. I'm talking to you. <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, I I I just could never imagine this. But you know, uh, I can only thank uh, many, 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 many people uh, who have uh, been by my side through thick and thin, through the good, through the bad, and and the ugly, and um, um, uh, you know, they say winners never quit, and quitters never win. Um, and I've lived my life um, since the age of fourteen with those seven words. Um, and um, thank God for Pat Fleming. Uh, thank God for Pat Fleming and Jay Halford again. You were right. So we're not going to have a uh, a boxing match this year. Um, uh, I don't want to hurt my little Hebrew friend. So, but we, we, Jay and I had a great time last year. Jay did a superb job, and Carl together, Kan- uh, Kantovich. So I'm surrounded by wonderful people that uh, we're going to have a. Um, I hope uh, most likely it appears to be uh, in the process of having. Maybe the best U.S. Open ever. Uh, well, I'll tell you, Barry, I've got, I've got, we've got to cut this off because I'm, I'm running out of time. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you for telling us all about what's going to be going on and and everything else uh, with the upcoming 40th U.S. Open. I hope it's a great success for everybody. And uh, thank you very much again. I will speak to you soon. I, I have to go. I've got 15 seconds to say goodbye while this recording's on. Thank you, Mark. Hey, look, it's been great talking to you. Thank you for what you do for the game of pool. And I'm glad that we uh, uh, really had a great interview today and uh, uh, to be continued. Thanks. That's it. Bye. Cheers. Thank you, buddy.